Yep, Ramil here, and I am the Inebriated Genius. I am back with another episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to last week's takes, and also the other episodes that actually are uh, posted now. I'm going to do a little different format today, but it's just going to be me. I didn't really even ask if uh, anyone else wanted to come on. I just thought, you know, let's try a little bit of more uh, content by myself. So let's go ahead and get the get some things started. Um, first off, I want to go ahead and start off with the projects first. Um, basketball camp, Ramil Milton. Basketball Academy is definitely going to be uh, June 21st and 2nd in Bachelor, Louisiana. From 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. on Friday and 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. on uh, Saturday. Um, ages from 7 to 18, boys and girls. So we're definitely going to go ahead and get that started. I'll already get the paperwork started, but everything else is definitely going to fall into place once uh, that part gets taken care of. Uh, what else we got? Oh, at this at the camp as well. I also will be giving out um, two scholarships: one for a female, one for a male student. That's actually going to be attending college in the fall. Going to be giving away each one of them a laptop. So you know it might not be much, but it's something that's going to be uh, instrumental as far as when you get ready to go to school. And um, the book club that I'm also in uh, just finished up their book. It's called How to Make Shit Happen. It's only four dollars on uh, Amazon. Uh, can't think of the. Uh, the author of the book right now but if you check out my ig which is black tar here 24 is definitely going to be posted on there along with the other things that i'm reading but yeah i just want to go ahead and get those projects out now so let's definitely get into the show so last week um we talked about the survival r kelly doc and over the week you know more backlash has come out um he actually had a birthday party <laughs> in chicago which he confronted by the police also, he owed back rent on that studio that was featured on there, where he were actually where he was actually holding the girls, allegedly. But you know, um, I don't know exactly what Chicago PD is going to do about, it, but I do know an open and active investigation is happening. I don't know how far we're going to get with that, but you know, what I'm saying just from recent history, we might not get far at all. What else went down? Oh, he actually had his lawyer speak out. To say that he did marry Aaliyah when she was 15, but R. Kelly did not know that she was 15. First of all, let me go ahead and call bullshit on that. <laughs> Dude fucking knew. That's, it's just, I'm really not even just gonna go into deep detail with that, but we all knew that he knew. His, one of his accusers, Lisa Van Allen, she's been doing her rounds on all the media outlets. Um, she did an interview with the Breakfast Club, and, um, Charlemagne did actually, actually ask her an interesting question to where, like, when everything was going on during the trial, when people were like Chappelle, Breakfast Club, um, Boondocks, all of them were making jokes about it. How did she feel about it? She said she actually felt, you know what I'm saying, annoyed by it, that it wasn't funny to her because nobody was actually believing her. Which I can understand because one thing that we try to do in society is that something that we don't understand or something that we're not clear about. We try to make fun of it and or like bring a, a much lighter tone to it to where, you know what I'm saying, it... it, it Kind of makes people think, but it also makes people very dismissive of the things that are actually going on in other people's lives as well. Um, R. Kelly just, the walls closing in is one thing. I heard a report that he's supposed to be suffering from anxiety and panic attacks. One um, report that he's supposed to be fleeing to Africa. I really don't believe a lot of it, but it remains to be seen what's exactly going to happen to him. But right now, he's been Teflon for years, so who knows how far and how long he's going to get. You know, just off that he's 52, 53 years old. So, 
And at some point, it does catch up to you. I remember when I was 17, I mean, it's not really a, a major comparison, but it's just the same lesson a little bit. So when I was 17, I went to a high school to where we couldn't wear facial hair on our face at all. We had to shave every time it grew back. We can only have a real a neatly trimmed mustache or whatever. And me wanted to be, felt like I was a senior, felt like I was grown, like they couldn't control me and tell me what to do. I used to grow all my shit out anyway. Like my shit used to be thick as fuck. I used to walk around with a towel on my mouth like my uh, like I had a cold all the time. But when I took the towel down, my shit was just banging. Full goatee grew in and everything. So one time I had finally got caught or whatever. And they had asked me, did I want to go in the military room and did I want to cut it off? And I told them no because I wasn't using nobody else razors or uh, clippers to cut my shit off. So they said, okay, cool. I'll have somebody come pick you up or go home. So my brother came and picked me up. Then I got home and my pops asked me what happened. And he was like, um, I told him that I wasn't going to shave my shit. And that I felt like I was 17 I was growing. And my face was hurting from all that shaving that I was doing. He said, but son, isn't that part of the rules? I said, yeah. He said, all right, this is a very teachable moment for you. He said, at no point in time, and you say you're young now, but I want you to always remember this. He said, at no point in time, don't you ever get comfortable doing anything you're supposed to be doing, which is exactly what happened. Like, when you do wrong for so long, it starts to become part of your everyday teachings. Like, when you get comfortable with it, you don't see the wrong in it no more. You just feel like it's part of how things go, but... It's just a lesson to anybody out there. Never get comfortable doing the wrong things. So that's all I really want to say on the R. Kelly situation. But I just want to move on from there. Um, what else we got? Oh, I do want to bring up more on the R. Kelly situation. Because my next topic goes into all of that. Which is the Dame, Dash, and Nick Cannon interview that happened on Nick's... Um, I don't know if it's a podcast or just a, um, his YouTube channel. But it's called Cannon's Class. And on there, Nick... Was, you know what I'm saying, basically having a conversation with Dame about the come up of Rockefeller, how he maintained to be a boss, the breakup of Rockefeller, and the situation that went on with R. Kelly. And also, it went on to the Best of Boss World situation where R. Kelly and Jay had the uh, joint album. And Dame said that he wasn't rocking with the whole idea and concept of the Best of the Boss Worlds and because of what R. Kelly had did to Aaliyah or whatever. And he said that he asked her about it, but she was like, let it go, leave it alone. I mean, I'm pretty much sure that it was like a traumatic experience for her. I don't know. I really can't speak for her. You know what I'm saying? God bless the dead. But, you know, the Best of Both Worlds album and the second album, Unfinished Business, both went out. And they was also on tour. But during the tour time, you know, Hove and uh, R. Kelly got into it. Tata sprayed, uh, pepper sprayed uh, R. Kelly, allegedly. And that tour was done after they sued each other or whatever. But what else? what also happened is that... In the conversation that they had, we realized, which I've been saying for years, that the real true breakup of Rockefeller was be, was because of uh, both of them had love for Aaliyah and the R. Kelly situation. Because apparently, you know, we all know what happened between R. Kelly and Aaliyah. And also, Jay worked with R. Kelly on two albums. And that didn't sit right with Dame, and Dame didn't want to be a part of it. So, from Dame's point of view, I can, I can see it to where... If you my mans and you rocking with a nigga that I really can't fuck with like that and you still rock with him, what does that make me and you? You know what I'm saying? But from a business standpoint, which is almost going to trump everything, R. Kelly was at the top of his game and Jay was at the top of his game. So it only made sense to make a Best of Both Worlds album. And by the way, when we're speaking Best of Both Worlds, it ain't the Best of Both Worlds situation, but I really would like a McGill and a J. Cole joint album because they got some nice joints together. I think that'll really, really, really hit 
if they put the time and effort into it. But that's just my own personal feeling. But, you know, I understand what Dan was coming from. But at the same time, that was, let's see, it's 2019. That was over 15 years ago. So, you know, Jay has apparently moved on. Jay don't speak about the situation with the league. He don't speak about the situation with R. Kelly. And the last thing that Nick alluded to was Jay and Foxy Brown somewhat had a situation going on back in the day. You know what I'm saying? And she was 16 because what's going on now is that since R. Kelly documentary has came out, a lot of people are digging up dirt on other people to try to exploit them and try to compare them. But it's really apples to oranges, to be honest with you. Jay met B when she was young. I mean, they tried to put Jay on Foxy, which was basically 27 and 16 around the same time. And Dame was like, I don't know why you're bringing that up. That's a question you should have You have for Jay. Why are you asking me? But, you know, I feel like Dame is still bitter about the situation. And he needs to just kind of move on, which he seems like he does. But then anytime somebody bring it up, he don't shy away from the conversation. Another thing about Dame is that he, he seems like one of those people that he feels that he's never wrong. Yeah, Rockefeller broke up because of, you know what I'm saying, the situation with R. Kelly and Aaliyah. But at the same time, it's a lot of things that probably went wrong behind the scenes that we didn't see either. You know, but Dame seems like Dame's playing the victim in this situation, which I fail to believe that when you have two young moguls with uh, money, influence and power, that everybody is not accountable for the situation that happened. But, you know, I just felt that Nick was kind of corny for trying to jam Jay up like 50 commented on it. Flex commented on, you know, Breakfast Club talked about it. I just thought, you know, it was kind of sad to where they tried to box, trying to paint Jay in the same kind of light. Like, you know, two people that's working together also do the same type of thing. I guess they saying like uh, like minded people running a pack or some shit like that. You know, Jay, I'm pretty sure he's not going to speak on it unless we get another track. He might drop a bar or two on it. But outside of that, I don't think that's really going to happen. But moving on, um, the government is still shut down after 23, 24 days now. And those people still aren't getting paid. TSA is getting worse and worse. I talked to one of my boys who actually works at a um, at an airline. And he told me that TSA really is getting worse. Like, they're on the edge. It's like they're basically going to work with no pay. And, like, it's mandatory that they come in. But, you know, so they've been calling out using sick days. But I know in corporate America, you know, so you, you only have a certain amount of sick days. And even if you take PTO from your job while you're uh, not getting paid, you still not getting no money. So it's pretty much in the damned if you do damned if you don't situation. And that fool Trump really came out and said, like, they'll figure it out. But he has to understand that people that's living paycheck to paycheck, they, they, don't, they can't understand that. They can't figure that out. Because when that check don't come, their landlords are not going to be acceptable to the fact that it's a government shutdown. You know what I'm saying? The light company not. You know what I'm saying? Cardinals, all that's still going to be due. Like, even if they get extensions on that shit, a person that work in, you know what I'm saying, the auto finance industry, that extension can only go to a certain amount of months. And that's still going to be put on the back end of their contracts and on their loans. So, even if they do that with the mortgage, like, even if you skip a payment on your mortgage, it's still going to be added on. I don't know the deep details of it, but I do know that you just can't skip a payment and think ain't shit going to happen. But, you know what I'm saying? I just hope soon that these people are actually led back to work and also getting their money. Some people are not going to get back pay. Some are, but it's just, just the way that it goes. But D.I. Hickler said, if you voted for this president and you feel bad for these people, you are not a victim here. You are a contributor to the madness that's going on. But, you know, 2020 um, is going to be coming up soon for a new election. We got new people coming out soon. Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, Byrne, Beto, 
you know what I'm saying, all those people are going to be entering the race. It just depends on who that we decide is going to represent whatever party that we run for. But I do know one thing. These people about to get Trump the fuck up out of here at some point. And he also had a press conference, and he was like, um, I had a meeting with the Democrats or whatever, and he basically said, they said, fuck me, and I said, fuck them. You know what I'm saying? First off, fuck the clique that you claim. You know what I'm saying? And he went back. And the government still shut down. I don't know when when the conclusion is going to happen, but I hope it's soon. Because three weeks without a check, man, it's, it, the world's going to get, I'm not going to say the world, but America is definitely going to get more animus toward each other. Because one side feels that the other side is not doing their job, even though it's not a party issue and or a race issue. It's a human issue. You know what I'm saying? People are getting affected. I'm pretty sure schools are being affected and everything else. Like, I know the Department of justice i think they're open department of defense i think they're still getting paid or they've been paid up to a certain amount of time it's just a situation where everyone is being you know what i'm saying punished for a motherfucker that's just really like holding the ball at half court like if you ever play basketball and if a team got a lead well high school basketball you'll play basketball in high school you know what i'm saying motherfuckers literally will hold the ball at half court because there's no shot clock so you really can't do nothing but either come play man to man or you motherfucking file. And that's what Trump is waiting on them to do. He's waiting on them to file so they can motherfucking approve this $5 billion budget for a fucking wall that nobody wants. He even threatened to make it a national um, emergency, but they already said that they're not going to ride with that. And that was on both sides because it's not a um, a national security issue. I do agree that, you know, a border security isn't necessary and it's not necessary to keep people out, but it's to help a way to motherfucking help people get in to the country at a better and more faster rate so they can be able to make a living because, you know, so coming from another country, I've been out of the country before and not everything is peaches and cream over there. So we'll see what goes on within the next couple of days. Um, hopefully everything's get back to normal so people can, you know, what I'm saying, feel better about the work that they're doing. Um, what else did we got? Oh, also. Over the week, I've had a chance to listen to um, the Brilliant Idiots podcast, which is which is my favorite of all. And they dropped two episodes. One, it was just Duval and Andrew Schultz, and the other one was Charlemagne and Andrew Schultz with uh, Wax and uh, L'Oreal from uh, Lip Service. I wanted to talk about it because Duval and Schultz really brought some shit to my mind that I've really been thinking about lately. And it was just the perception versus the reality. You know what I'm saying? The perception is that Duval just started making it. But if you've been following Duval like I have, I've been fucking with Duval since comic view days of Bitch You Is My Girlfriend. And he said something interesting. He was that people only see what I've done recently. But if you think about it, it's been a 20-year grind. And also, he's not tripping over the money aspect of it as far as the creative content, which is what Schultz is also pushing as well, which is something that I ultimately agree with because... I don't podcast for money. I podcast for the impact and also a way to let my voice be heard. And this is exactly what they're doing as well, even though shows do it in a uh, stand-up platform. And I'm just doing it on a podcast. But I mean, pretty much we're all just using, you know, so we're in the service business of providing content. So that's what we're doing. And Duval was like, everything that he's gotten up to this point has been a plus from the day that he started. Because he always felt that he was going to be good regardless of whatever uh, field that he was in. And I feel the exact same way myself. Like, I know what it's like to be doubted. I know what it's like to be the last on the totem pole. So everything that I've done so far has always been a plus. 
You know what I'm saying? Masters was a plus. First degree was a plus. Podcast is a plus. You know what I'm saying? Giving back to the community. All that is a plus for me just being alive. Like, as long as I'm alive, I feel like I can impact the culture. And I'm trying to create something now that's going to surpass me along after I'm gone. Like, that is the satisfaction to me. But they also brought up a point over the week that I do really and truly feel like now that I will have to make a lot of money to be even more impactful. Because if you know me personally, you already know that I'm not a big fan of the money aspect of things. Anyway, I don't chase money. You know what I'm saying? I don't live check to check as far as chasing one. Because one thing I know about uh, money is what J. Cole said. Like, okay, I'm, I can make a million tomorrow. So next week, I'm going to try to chase two million. Then two is going to turn to four. Four is going to turn to eight. Eight is going to turn to 20. 20 is going to turn to 40. 40 is going to turn to 100. Like, money has no number to stop it. Like, people don't really and truly believe that. You don't, there's no such thing as enough money. And I, I don't believe that. I feel like if you are a billionaire, but there's people homeless, that means you got a little bit too much money that you could be spreading around. Speaking of that, side note, that nigga Jeff Bezos, the um, founder of Amazon, didn't have a prenup, and he probably finna have to pay his wife anywhere between 50 and $70 billion. Now, to quote the great Chris Rock, he said, now, if you make if you got twenty million and your wife won't ten, big deal, you ain't starving. But if you make thirty thousand and then your wife won't fifteen, you probably got a killer. Now, I'm not saying Jeff Bezos gonna take his wife out, but seventy billion dollars, bro, is a lot to split in a marriage. Granted, she probably do deserve it because she was with him when there was no such thing as the Amazon that we know now. She was with him when Amazon only sold uh, new and used books. So she deserved a nice little cut. She probably just going to do like Jordan wife, get her a cut. We probably never, never hear from her again as far as, you know what I'm saying, in the public eye and thing like that. But he's still going to be good at $70 because I think shit, Amazon will goddamn make that shit right back up for him. He's going to jack up the prices a little bit before we even know it. And he's going to get that $70 billion right back from my, from my asses. So we're going to be good. But, yeah, back to uh, what I was saying about uh, Duval. And, you know, he said that he only, you know what I'm saying, make a certain number. He still lived the exact same way. He lived below his means, even though he got the money to live a whole lot better, which I think is great. Like for me, I'm not chasing money, but I feel like I'm going to have to make a decent amount of money to continue to build up the people around me and also build up the community that I come from. Like I'm trying to go back, you know what I'm saying, as I grow, you know what I'm saying, as a person and also as a personality in these uh, business lines that I'm in to try to take the next person out because I do know how hard it is for a child and or a person to make it out of the place that I come from. Like granted it has changed over the years. Like crime has went up, drugs has went up and you know what I'm saying? The school systems are dying down in Louisiana and they're combining schools in my hometown and shutting down schools. And there's a whole lot of elephant buildings, which are abandoned buildings. And you know what I'm saying? It's just getting worse and worse. I just try my best to just go back and try to breathe some light into the kids there because I don't know who else is telling them that, yo, you can get out. Yo, even though you black, you beautiful. Even though, you know what I'm saying, you have come from one situation on me, you can't make a situation out of another. You don't have to rap. You don't have to hoop. You don't have to play football. You can just be smart. You can get out on education. Like, anything like that. You can, you know what I'm saying, work your way out any way you want to. You can get into whatever lane that you want to as long as you focus and you want to go ahead and be great out here in life. Don't let nothing stop you. Uh, only thing that stops you from being great is you. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not in the excuse making business no more. I'm in the results business. So it's just the kind of hope that we want to give the people, me and everybody in my crew 
as well. Like, that's the thing that we thrive off. Like, some of them, you know what I'm saying, my boys come from a decent background to where they never had to stress about money or anything compared to me who didn't come from a, a financially great situation, but I always had the support and the love of my people behind me. So that's always ultimately going to take me to where I want to go. It's just something I just wanted to speak about. Like, I just want to give people another thought process as far as what it means to be successful. Like, success is built off whatever your idea of success is. If you feel like you're successful just because you graduated college, celebrate that success in the best way possible. If you feel like you're successful because you got a certain amount of money, celebrate that in a certain amount of way. So everybody has their own measurement stick. Don't use nobody else's metrics to be where exactly where you want to be. Don't use nobody else's timeline to be where you want to be. I just think you should adopt your own sense of direction and make sure that you uh, double down hard on it. You'll definitely get there at the time that you need to be there, not when you want to be there. Um, what else we got? Uh-huh. Oh, shout out. Uh, that new Chris Brown track is riding like a motherfucker. That's my first favorite song of 2019 so definitely you see me bumping it up i didn't post it up on social media already but that chris Brown joint jams uh future right now for those two tracks that he dropped uh he's 0 for 2 in my book but who knows maybe it gets better but i doubt it i told y'all years ago people laughed at me that in 2015 he was not going to top that year at all just like two chains didn't top 20 i think it was 2012 2013 but he's been consistent, and Future has been up and down the whole time. But Travis and all them boys is way ahead of him. But, you know what I'm saying, he's been – Future's been more so in the media as far as with women as he has with the music. But hopefully he can give me a banger. I don't think he'll ever be able to create, create nothing like a March of Madness again. But, you know what I'm saying, that's always going to be in the in the rotation for whatever we end up doing. But, yeah, that's pretty much the only music that's out right now. Uh, I know Crit – Pretty much just combine all his shit that he dropped in 2018 and just for one little album. But, like, I pretty much figured that's just a warm-up. And he's going to give us some uh, great content. I think Cole's supposed to be dropping some shit soon. So, just be on the lookout. Um, go ahead and get to the inebriated inquiries, which are the questions that I got via social media. So, let's go ahead and get into those. Let me see which one do I want to read first. First question... What would you choose, broken, famous, or irrelevant and wealthy? Hmm. Now, I had to sit back and think about this question, and I'm still thinking about it. Is that broke and famous or wealthy and unknown or irrelevant? Yeah, It's a double-edged sword because you could be rich and irrelevant, which means that are you really making an impact? Or you could be broke and famous and be changing the world to a certain degree. Because, and I would say that because if you think about it, all of a lot of heroes that we have were broke. Like, Malcolm X died broke. Like, Jack Johnson died broke. Uh, Joe Lewis died broke. Paul Robeson died broke. Like, Jesse Owens died broke. Like, all these great men that we re- that we respect and we talk about during Black History Month died without necessarily without a lot of money. But how many people that we know died with money? And really don't change or impact the culture. Like, you could be broke and famous, but it depends on how you use your fame, I can say with that. Or you could be, you know what I'm saying, rich and irrelevant, but it depends on how you use your money, I guess, in the background. But it's pretty much just like a double-edged sword for me because it's either you you make an impact or you don't. And money really doesn't play a – it plays a huge role. And I feel like I have to walk back, you know what I'm saying, current comments that I said that I'm not big on money. I'm not big, but I feel like I told my boy, I feel like I'm going to actually 
actually back into just making a lot of money just off creating content and also just being a voice and a um, budding intellect right here. Another question I had was, if you could change one thing about your life, what would it be? I would say that I wouldn't change nothing but the changes that I wanted to make. I'm currently making like one change that I definitely want to make was actually be speaking up for myself a little bit more, which I actually have been doing because normally, you know, what I'm saying if something happens, I would kind of like brush it off, not really trip on it. You know, what I'm saying because I could pretty much got there from my mama, who was the exact same way. And, you know, what I'm saying it's a very passive aggressive, you know, what I'm saying method to have. But, you know, what I'm saying over the last few months, I really have been speaking up for myself and setting expectations and also setting uh, boundaries with certain people that, yo, a lot of shit that used to happen, not going not going to fly with me no more. Like a lot of shit that I used to, you know what I'm saying, say and or do won't be said no more. Like, And the problem with that is people really don't respect your change when you say that you're really changing, which is the most difficult part because you would think when you want to change for the better, people would definitely have your back on it. But people still see you from, you know what I'm saying, previous years and or times that they've kicked it with you or they've had a conversation with you. Like people don't understand like things can change so much in a week that can change your whole perspective of life. So that's just the only thing that I probably would say, but I don't necessarily think that uh, any other major changes like that, because that could affect something else, which is like the butterfly effect. If I change one thing from 2008, that can affect everything that's going on for me right now in 2019. All right. Uh, another question. It says, do you have remorse for females that end up single as they get older after passing up on good guys when they were younger? Yes, I do, because at the same time, what we have to realize is that if a female does pass up on a good man, she probably don't understand what she had at the time, because everybody's concept and idea of love changes as they get older. So when you're younger, it's certain things that you accept from a person that you want to accept as you grow older and you mature as a person. No, I, I don't have any, you know what I'm saying, problem with that, you know, so I have remorse because it's sad that it's sad that people really and truly in life don't understand or know what love is to a certain degree. And it's hard to imagine living a life where, you know, so you don't understand that fully as you continue to grow up in age. Like that's the thing for me. Like I've always tried to figure out certain things as I actually, as I get older. So you definitely try to go on these self-preservation journeys to figure out what's, what's for you and what's not for you. That's just the way I look at it. And another question was, does a person body count really matter male or female no not to me because we all grown as fuck so you know what i'm saying we do what we wanted to do when we did it we all grown we all got backgrounds like i'm no saint and whoever i know we're probably not gonna be no saint if i want to worry about some shit like that i go fuck with a virgin so that shit just not gonna happen like nobody's pure out here in these streets so it's all about you know what i'm saying maturity and if you really worried about a person body count this is male or female those are your your those are your insecurities, not the person that did it. Like if the person that done those that have been with a lot of people or have not been with a lot of people, that's they that's their decision. You know what I'm saying? All you could do is trust that they won't do the shit while they're with you. So that's all I'm saying. Uh, I think I'm gonna take two more questions. I had a lot this time. Normally they don't even give me that many to work with, but people came through with the questions this time. It says, "How do I feel about minors getting sex changes?" it's difficult to understand because that's not, you know what I'm saying? A lane that I'm actually in. So I really don't know, but from a distance in a vacuum to me, I think that's kind of too soon 
for the simple fact that I feel like whether you're born gay or however you determine it, that you still have to learn about who you are individually before you can just change into something else. And, like, I don't want to, you know what I'm saying, make kids have to make an early decision like that. Like, let them grow because they could just be going through a phase. And who who's to say that, you know what I'm saying, when they get older, they might regret that change because they didn't get a chance to explore exactly what male and or female is. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people try to make it seem like there is no male and or female label, but you have to let them explore exactly who they are. If they grow up to be gay, that's fine. And if they make decisions as they get older, but I don't think parents should be making those decisions. It's just difficult, I know, for a parent to try to please their child, but at the same time, you are the parent, you're not their friend. So you have to make some difficult decisions, even though they might not agree with, but we'll set them up for a better life in the beginning because you, you have to understand and explain to them the kind of ridicule that they're going to go to. The problem is, like, we try to make America more accepting than what it really is. Like, the America is not that much different as it was 10 years ago. It's just more motherfuckers doing the shit on the low compared to openly disrespectful as they was. So you have to let your children know about what's coming and what's going to be ahead. I don't have any children, but I do understand the concept of, you know what I'm saying, preparing someone for, you know what I'm saying, what's to come or try to, you know what I'm saying, navigate them into the right journey. I don't know if you decide to let your ch- your child have a sex change. Hey, do y'all thing. I'm all for it. Hey, rock with it. Let's get it. All right. This is the last question I'm going to take. Got to make sure it's a good one. I'm sorry, y'all. It's going to take me a minute to try to figure out what question I'm going to use. Why do black people tend to have a crab in the bucket mentality? Crabs in the barrel, crabs in the bucket. That is because we were necessarily, it's in our DNA to almost bring down people, but that's not our fault. You know what I'm saying? Because most of it comes from the concept of slavery to where if one if one slave felt the other one was better, they would you know kind of shun them a little bit. And even as we get older, you still understand. Because... A lot of people don't like, it's not the fact that they don't like you, they just don't like the opportunity that you possibly may and or got for yourself. And I think if we stop trying to pull each other down, I think we would 100% grow into a better community. Like, the more the better. And like, another thing is basically what I talked about earlier, a lot of people that make it don't go back and get those in their community, even though I don't think it's... I think it's your responsibility to put the next person in position to win so they can continue to do that. That's how you build a community of people, but you don't necessarily have to do that. But I just feel like it's a responsibility of mine to do that because I understand the, the difficulties when it comes to a, a difficult background. Everybody has their own reasons to why they might hate on somebody because the first thing you might say that that nigga think he or that bitch might think she's better than me, but they're not necessarily thinking they're better than you. They're just moving a little different like you know, when you come out the hood, you can't move. You can't always be in the hood because most rappers, entertainers, or anything that stay in their hood gets killed in their hood for that exact reason. Trying to continue to be exactly who you are, but you cannot be the same person in the hood than you are when you're trying to um, build up a, a brand or something of that nature. And like you see, a lot of people like Boosie had to leave New Orleans. Um, not New Orleans, but Baton Rouge. You know what I'm saying? Kodak Black left Florida. Like, a lot of motherfuckers really and truly leave when they get on because they know they're probably going to end up fucking dead within a number of years. And, like, over 2018, we've seen 29 rappers get killed and half of them got killed in their own hometown. So, that's just a problem with that. But, you know, I think as we continue to see that holding each other back isn't necessary, I think as the more black representation comes along, I think that also is going to help as well. So, 
we'll see, man. But, you know, in the meantime, I just encourage everybody to keep grinding, keep going after what they want. Don't settle for less than what you feel. Um, you want to create content, create content. You want to work a nine to five, work your nine to five. You want to build your money, whatever kind of way, long as it's legal. Hey, I'm down for you. Um, that's pretty much all I got since it's a solo episode. It's just me. Like I said, I really don't like doing solo episodes like that, but at the same time, it's just a little, um, content flex for you, boy, to continue to get better and to possibly do this a little bit more. Cause you know, getting guests ain't as easy as I thought it was going to be. So it's just an eye opener for you, boy. And I'm just going to continue to work and to continue to grind. Maybe this is a more of a lane that I might have to go to. But outside of that, I don't know. But definitely going to get some more voices in here. Going to be back next week with more people. And um, just remember, people, I'm not really a genius, but I do enough out here in these streets to deem and call myself one. This has been another episode of the Inebriated Genius. Thank you for listening.